This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest today is Ryan Thompson, a pitcher with the Tampa Bay Rays. I have so many questions for you. Do you have about four hours? Not quite, but we can maybe jam it in there as fast as we can. All right. So I saw the movie Major League years ago. And if you've seen the movie Major League, then you have a picture of what a Major League clubhouse is like. Do you guys sacrifice chickens before every game? Is that how it works? Not quite. The Major League, it kind of gives you a good insight of what you would anticipate either a minor league clubhouse to look like or a uh, maybe a Latino clubhouse somewhere in a winter league that I've heard of from some guys that play in Venezuela or something. But yeah, no, no sacrificing done. We're uh, Christians on the team, at least we're well aware that the old covenant is, is done, done with. So (laughs) no sacrificing for us. So what is a, a typical day for you when you're coming to the ballpark? A lot of you guys, you wear suits and you're coming in all, all polished and everything, but describe what it is from when you enter the building and, and what you do different for everybody you know with the Tampa Bay Rays we're very relaxed as far as our rules are concerned we're not you know required to wear suits or anything like that and so you know that kind of bleeds over into our mentality just as a as a team and the the bond that we have with each other you know there's not too many expectations so we can be free to be ourselves and you know one of the things that we do it didn't really start as a plan for this but it kind of turned into a team building thing we a lot of us on the team, we love to do crosswords. For whatever reason, we get into the clubhouse and we'll grab our food, grab our coffee or whatever, and we'll all sit around a table. And sometimes we race, sometimes we don't, but we'll do a USA Today crossword. And that's, that's a lot of fun, just kind of get our mind out of, out of the game for a second and get changed, start your prep routines, and we'll go out on the field usually about like four hours before the game, and we'll do our – Kind of our daily practice where the pitchers will throw and sometimes throw to catchers if we need to do our conditioning. The hitters will hit in the cage and then go out on the field and take batting practice, do our stretch routines and all that. We'll come back inside, eat our spread, our pregame meal, and we'll do further treatment with the trainers if we need to. We'll do our lifts at this time usually if we need to shower and get mentally prepped for the game and I didn't realize that you actually arrive four hours before every game I would have thought it was two hours something like that yeah it's even more than four sometimes like if we have a seven o'clock game we usually get there around one can you describe what your regular workout is like yeah so we have a full gym at the field so and we have a couple strength coaches that are top of the line so we usually go in there and with a reliever it's a little bit different like I am because it's hard to have a consistent routine with your workouts because you don't know when you're going to pitch. So I don't want to crush, you know, max squat or whatever it is I'm doing in the weight room and then have to pitch that day or pitch the next day when I'm sore. So usually my routine will be, I like to lift a lot of times after I pitch. So like if I pitch the sixth inning, I'll be inside lifting in the eighth inning and just kind of managing the strategy of, am I likely to pitch tomorrow? Did I throw enough pitches or has my workload been to the extent where I won't pitch for a couple of days? Then I can work out a little bit harder, stuff like that. Are you allowed to lift a weight without a staff member watching you? Yeah, I think we're allowed to. It's just not recommended. In the minor leagues, it's very frowned upon. 
to not have a strength staff's eyes on you while you're working out because, I mean, it's they feel like their butt's on the line if I – go deadlift at planet fitness and i strain my back then the strength coach has to answer to the front office be like why was he at planet fitness and not working out with you so it's kind of a slippery slope but in the big leagues you know you have a little bit more of a leeway to or not even leeway they they trust you a little bit more you earn that trust of course but at the same time i don't really know of anybody that does workouts away from the field because they wouldn't need to I get a little worried with things like all-star breaks and world baseball classics and things like that where players are sent away. And we saw in the most recent world baseball classic that there were at least two major injuries to players. And now those players are out an extended amount of time. So what do you have to say about extracurricular activities like that that can really affect your game? For me, it depends. You know, am I playing pickup basketball and rolling my ankle that would be an extracurricular activity where I think is unnecessary and is me not thinking of the team first but the world baseball classic for example injuries happen all the time people like Greg Oden he hurt his knee getting out of bed you know so it's it's easy for us to look at the world baseball classic and see Edwin Diaz and say you know he wouldn't have got hurt if he wasn't there because he got hurt in a celebration but fluke injuries happen. You know, there's injuries that happen in spring training all the time. There'll be pitchers like the guy who hit Altuve. There'll be pitchers that get wild. Daniel Bard's amazing big league pitcher, you know, and he just lost it one inning. That happens to everybody. Happens to me, happens to everybody. So, I mean, those injuries are not a result of the World Baseball Classic. It's just a result of competition. You know, I think majority of us in the baseball community are we are very supportive of the World Baseball Classic and, you know, the, the passion and the emotion behind those games. I think it brought more fans to baseball than anything has in the last 10 years. I, I heard something like 97% of the all televisions in Japan were tuned in to that final at bat. That's pretty cool. And so, yeah, when you look at just the organizational piece, like I'm sure the Mets are bummed about it, but about Edwin Diaz going down, but they do understand that baseball is baseball. And at, at that moment in time, Edwin was trying to prepare for the season with the Mets and he was playing in more competitive games. So you could argue that those guys that went to the World Baseball Classic and stayed healthy, those guys are going to be more prepared for season than us that stayed back. Describe what life is like in the clubhouse. Is there a lot of pranking? Do things get racy? And as a Christian guy, do you ever have to kind of step back from some of the antics that happen in the clubhouse? Yeah, that's a good question. It, I think it varies like crazy depending on just who you have in the clubhouse and what team you're a part of. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're guys. It's, it's a locker room. You know, locker room chatter is a meme for a reason, like it exists. But for me, I'm of the understanding in my, my walk with the Lord that I need to be in the world. I don't need to be of the world, but I need to be in the world. I think sometimes Christians in general, we, have a, we just have this belief that we need to, be, to live so far above reproach that we need to stay clear of all forms of just anything that makes us uncomfortable or is not living the way that we would envision ourselves living. And I think a lot of the times that builds a gap between the people that we're really trying to reach. And that's kind of one of my missions this year is to just be better with my evangelism and to be better with my teammates and just sharing the gospel and just sharing Christ to 
everybody I encounter. And I can't really do that by like, it's kind of a awkward thing to say. I'm not trying to meet them where they're at in that sense, but trying to understand where they're at. And, you know, and I'm, I've only been a Christian for 2023. So this is like my eighth year. Or so being a Christian and I played professional baseball when I wasn't a Christian. And so I think I have a really unique perspective of being on both sides of the coin and understanding what these people are, are feeling and why they're acting like that and, and whatnot and what I feel now and what my convictions are now. And so I'm very passionate about the locker room and the clubhouse. And, you know, there's certain things that I do do, like when the music's playing in the middle of the day and it's just every fourth word's an F-bomb, I do go over there and change the change the music. But if my buddy walks over and he drops an F-bomb, I'm not going to correct him. I'm not going to say, hey, man, don't say that. You know, I, I don't feel it's the best. Um, evangelistic strategy to, you know, appear holier than thou. And so instead, I want to show them Christ and lead them towards Christ. And hopefully, when those moments arise, that the Holy Spirit convicts them to use less foul language. Yeah. And one of the ways that we as Christians show and evangelize is by not using that language ourselves. So they are learning from you. So during a game, what is it like waiting as a relief pitcher? Does anxiety set in? Does boredom set in? Do you disappear into the clubhouse and eat and rest a little bit, knowing that you're not going to be in the game right away? We have a pretty good, yeah, again, it just really depends, but we have a pretty good understanding of, like with the Rays, we don't have a set roles per se. Like I could get a save one day in the ninth inning, and then the next day I pitch the fourth. So it's not as clear cut as some of these other teams who have a legitimate setup guy and a legitimate closer and stuff like that. So you're always just kind of prepared. But, yeah, we have kind of an idea of games where you're not going to pitch. Kyle Snyder, our pitching coach, he does a great job of communicating with us and saying, look, you're only pitching today if you're absolutely needed, extra innings, X, Y, Z. Or you're absolutely not pitching today. You pitched two days in a row. You're down. And those days where you're down, you're most likely not going to pitch. You take advantage of those times, and you sometimes don't even go out to the bullpen, but you keep the TV within sight in case, you know, you see four or five pitchers get used that game, and it's a tight game, might go to extras or something. And even though you're down, you're going to make sure you get your cleats on and go out there by the seventh, eighth inning. But those days where you're down, that's when you take advantage of the trainers inside and getting your treatment and making sure you're ready for the next day. You've pitched in some major game, the World Series. So how were yeah. your nerves pitching in and such a huge stage? I think for me, the nerves are more intense when you're not pitching, when you're anticipating the the moment when you go out there. So when you're in the bullpen and you know that these moments that are coming up might be you. So like for me, I'm a right-handed sidearm pitcher. And so I know most of the time I'm going to face right-handed hitters. So I've already been prepared before the game of the other team's lineup where I know, okay, this is a stretch of the lineup where they have three righties and a four-hitter stretch. So if I'm going to pitch, this is the most likely opportunity for me to pitch. And so when I'm in the bullpen and the starter has, you know, a rough inning or has a long inning throwing a lot of pitches and that chunk of the order is coming up, that's the time when the anxiety and the nerves are just kind of, getting me ready. The adrenaline's kind of hitting me, even though I might not pitch. So at that time, I'm making sure I'm stretching. I'm making sure, you know, I'm almost like pacing back and forth, just like keeping my body ready 
for when that phone rings. And so you can tell, you know, when that phone rings, pretty much everybody in the bullpen like kind of jumps up and like, oh, is it going to be me? You know, and stuff like that. But once you get out there and you had a little bit of experience, the nerves kind of subside and focus kind of takes over. You know, I, I remember my debut, those nerves were uh, pretty powerful, but you get kind of used to those moments where if the nerves are going to kind of, if they're going to dictate your presence on the mound, you're not going to be very successful. And so we have a mental performance coach. His name's Justin Sua, who's incredible. And he walks us through all sorts of tools and stuff to just kind of handle our anxiety in the moments and how to prepare for the moments and how to be focused and present and all that kind of stuff. We're talking with Ryan Thompson, a pitcher with the Tampa Bay Rays. So on the other end of a game, you just came in, you're out of the game now, it's time to go home and sleep. When you're that pumped up, how do you calm yourself down to the point where you can actually fall asleep? That's a great question. I think that's probably the question where the majority of major leaguers would struggle to answer. That's something where for me, like games, I don't pitch. It's, it's okay. Like I can, even if I'm a little bit amped up from the moments, like it's okay. I can fall asleep, but games that I do pitch, whether I do good or do bad, those are the games where it's really hard for me to wind myself down. And so when I get home, you know, I've got, you know, you could take melatonin or, there's some sleepy time teas or something that, that always help. But for me, it's just trying to turn my brain off. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'm a big studier and I'm a big learner. It's kind of one of the things that I've kind of fallen in love with in the last couple of years. And so a lot of times I'll turn on a YouTube at night and have somebody walk me through some scripture or walk me through church history or something that I'm learning at the time. And a lot of times that kind of just, takes my mind away from the game and I can more easily wind down. But that's a very good question because it's a learning curve every single year and every single day where we try to figure out things that do and don't work. And our dietitian we have on the team helps us a lot with, hey, don't drink this at night. Or if you eat late at night, that's going to hinder your sleep and all sorts of things. And so we try to clean up our routine the best way we can, but it's just all about winding down and turning off the brain. Tell us about your faith journey, how you first heard about God, and was there a time in your life where you felt called to love Him and serve Him? Was it kind of a light bulb moment for you? So I first heard about Christ when I was like, I think I was like 11 years old. Kind of really changed my life for a short spurt of time because I had never heard the things that I was hearing. And it was very powerful to me. Um, I didn't grow up a Christian, but at that point in time, I was all I was all in. I was bought in. And about a year after that, my parents got divorced. And at that point in time, I kind of went into autopilot syndrome for a long time. Didn't really care about a lot of things. Didn't really contemplate a lot of things. I was just kind of letting life live me. I wasn't really living my life. I was very focused on just a lot of worldly things very focused on baseball and the mission of seeing how far I could go in the game. And so I didn't really contemplate Christ for another probably 10 years after that. And once I got to college, it's kind of a, I'm trying to shorten this really long story, but I went to college and got reintroduced to Christ by, I went to Campbell University in North Carolina and it's a Christian school. And, you know, we had to take some Christian courses and every Wednesday we had worship and stuff like that. We prayed before every practice and every game, and I was a skeptic 
I grew up going to public school where they taught me kind of faith and science are at odds and uh, they're teaching you evolution, macroevolution in school. It just seemed, it seemed like the non-smart route to me. You know, it's like I'm either going to be smart and believe in the science or I'm either going to just forego all of this facts and, and knowledge and just have blind faith is kind of my MO at the time. But I, I was introduced to it a lot in college and I was turned on to it, but I, there's just a lot of things holding me back. And so eventually, a couple of years later, I got drafted and I had been going to church a little bit with my girlfriend at the time, but I was still not a Christian. And I get into pro ball and we have this organization in pro ball called Baseball Chapel, which is an amazing company. They go around to all the minor league, all the major league affiliates and stadiums. And every Sunday you have a chaplain come and just give you a brief message. And my very first baseball chapel was my very first Sunday in professional baseball. They're like, hey, we have baseball chapel if you want to come. And I was like, okay, like I'll at least come. Like, I don't really know what I think, but I'll come. And the chaplain doesn't show up. And so we're like, okay, what do we do? Our hitting coach, who's a believer, he decided just to be like, okay, I'll step in and just give you something real quick. And his message kind of shook my world a little bit. He said something so simple. He said, baseball's not who you are, it's just what you do. Of course. But at the time, I had been living so ruthlessly to get to where I was, where baseball was my identity. I don't even know if I introduced myself to anybody where I didn't mention that I played baseball. Like It was, it was everything that was about me. And once I kind of heard that, where it was like, you know what, he's right. Baseball is not who I am. But if that's true, then I don't have an identity. So who am I? And so at that point in time, I really just started trying to figure out who I was. And it was a couple of years after that where I really had a, a moment with the Lord where I had just kind of been overridden with guilt and shame in my life. And I called out in prayer and just kind of told him, like, God, I don't even really know if you exist, but this is where I'm at. And I'm, I want to follow you. Like, show me you're real and I'll follow you. And man, you can't mistake those moments, you know, and he uh, he answered me and I've felt him ever since. And at that point in time, it was it was kind of an awkward thing for me because I knew 100% certainty that God was real in my heart um, and that he was guiding me in my life. But I still had all these skepticisms from my past. And so I spent the next couple of years really diving into apologetics. And that just catapulted my faith like crazy. And some of the moments that I had over the next three, four years, that was like 2016. So then around 2018, 2019, around that time, the Lord was just showing me so much in my life and providing me with so many opportunities to speak into other people, which was just, it just seemed so bizarre to me how far I had come in just a sh- uh, short couple of years. And I've had, you know, a few times where, you know, I've been broken and I've fallen away and he brought me back. And it's just been such a awesome journey to see how powerful the spirit is and just how much he can use me. And it's not through anything that I'm doing. It's strictly through what he's doing, just using me as a vessel. And it's been, it's been such a blessing and such an amazing time in the short time that I've been a believer. Our guest today is Ryan Thompson from the Tampa Bay Rays. There probably are days where you are out on the mound and it feels like the baseball has turned into a bowling ball and people just hit the heck out of it and you can't get things right. So what do you do with your faith to help you through those struggles? Yeah, unfortunately, those days do happen. 
I've had a handful of those. This is kind of one of the things that I've learned over the course of my career. I'm a very obsessive person, I guess. When I'm in on something, I'm all in on it. And so with baseball, I struggle with that sometimes because if I have a bad outing, I'm analyzing every last little thing from the smallest piece of mechanics in my back foot or my wrist position or my fingertips or whatever. I'm analyzing all of it or pitch sequencing or uh, I shouldn't have thrown that pitch or I did this in the wrong time or whatever. Like I'm analyzing every last little thing and it drives me crazy. But as I became a believer and as I really found my identity to not be in the game and that there's something just so much far beyond this game that I'm called to be, that my calling doesn't end with baseball. You know, baseball is literally just part of my life. I've really found a lot of nuggets in the game of, you know, when I struggle, this has happened to me a a lot in the last couple of years, when I struggle and I don't let it get to me and I'm not the guy that's throwing my glove in the dugout and I'm not the guy that's punching the water cooler or whatever. I'm not the guy that the next day I show up to the field and just, you know, has my head down the whole time and I'm embarrassed. People notice that and people come up to me and they're like, wow, like I'm really impressed that, you know, you were able to flush that outing so fast. And so stuff like that, where it seems so nonchalant to me now, you know, I wouldn't have been able to be that guy in the past, but the fact that I am that guy now and that people recognize it to the extent where they go out of their way to tell me they recognize it. All that is, is, is just my faith showing through my actions And so those are the things that encourage me to continue just to play this game through my faith, right? And, you know, recently I, I, like last year was a big time where I really started diving into my studies and trying to learn all the nuances of what I believe within the faith. It's just, it's, it's adding a whole nother element of, look, I, I go home and I have, I basically have another career that I'm working on. And so I do think that that's not only going to help me as a human being, but it's going to help me on the field too. My performances or my failures, they're not going to, they're not going to sting as bad because I'm not hanging my hat on who I am as, as a player in, in my career. What's your prayer life like? I would say of all aspects of my faith, my prayer life is the one thing that I have to be intentional about. My prayer life does not come as naturally to me as I want it to. Something I learned this offseason that has helped me a lot. I went to this uh, UPI. It's called Unlimited Potential. It's an organization that uh, works with Baseball Chapel for current and former MLB players. And we went in this retreat in Dallas, and we had one of the speakers who was speaking. He was talking to us about, do you have super special secret prayer spot? Kind of funny, but it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit because there's been a lot of times in my life where I have had that, where it's like, when I go in this spot, this is my prayer location. But in that period of time, in that new Airbnb I was staying at or whatever, I didn't have that. And so it makes sense that my prayer life was kind of struggling in that moment. And so for me, it's obviously we're called to pray without ceasing. And I do find myself doing that, but there are multiple forms of prayer. And, you know, the times where you know, you're really on your knees and you're really bearing it all with the Lord. Those are the things that need to be done in silence and behind closed doors, a place where you're comfortable. That has helped me a lot in the last year of being like, this is the place where I go to pray. This is my Lord time. We're talking with Ryan Thompson from the Tampa Bay Rays. If you could ask God one question right now, what would it be? 
oh man, just one. I think, I think what I would ask God is, because I mean, the prayer that I feel like I ask the most often is for discernment. And so my question would say, what, what do you want from me right now? You know, I think that's not what most people would expect. I think there's so many theological questions I could ask, but my view is that the Bible is done and complete. Old Testament has been fulfilled through Christ, and the New Testament has given us everything that we need to understand Christ and to be saved. And so the things that are left out of the Bible, I think, are left out on purpose. And so a lot of those questions that I really want to ask, I think I'm going to refrain from asking. And my question would be, what do you have envisioned for me to do in my life right now? You are so much deeper than I am. I am just a shallow, awful person because my one question would be, <laughs> what is the purpose of ear hair? I just what? don't, ear hair, I don't get it. Oh. Like the, God created these amazing bodies and you can have strokes and brain aneurysms and everything will be rewired. What is the purpose of ear hair? I just don't get it. I am just more shallow than you. So there you go. It's probably to keep bugs out of there, man. <laughs> All right. We're talking with Ryan Thompson from the Tampa Bay Rays. Can I ask you a bunch of rapid fire questions? Yeah, go for it. All right. Buckle up. You ready? Yeah. What's your favorite movie? The Departed. Favorite actor? Uh, uh, Kevin Costner. Favorite actress? Uh, Natalie Portman. Best cartoon of all time? Scooby-Doo. Nice. What's your favorite band? Pre-Christian, Shinedown, Post-Christian, Zach Williams. Very nice. If you had to choose another sport to play, what would it be? Tennis. Name something that people would never guess about you. That at one point in time, it was through an app, but at one point in time, I was ranked number one in Oregon and number four in the country in James Bond trivia. Get out, really? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty random. Do you watch the lightning at all? I'm not a big hockey guy, but I love watching it in person. Nice. Do you have a favorite lightning player? Stamkos. There you go. Good choice. Yeah. Can you dance? No. <laughs> What's the best Christmas movie of all time? Die Hard. Die Hard? <laughs> really? <laughs> or Jingle All the Way. <laughs> uh, okay. There could be worse choices, I guess. What was your favorite Christmas song? It's the one I hear in church every time, and I'm always blown away. It's uh, Oh Holy Night, I think. Very nice. Which are better, cats or dogs? Oh my gosh, dogs by far. Yeah, that's that's a no-brainer, please. Yeah. What superpower do you wish you had? I wish I had uh, whatever it's called, the ability to like transform into whatever I want, or like Mystique from X-Men. Nice. What do you think of Super Bowl halftime shows nowadays? Oh my gosh, they're getting out of control. I think I think a lot of the stuff's getting out of control. Um, the enemy is kind of throwing it in our face right now that He's going to put himself on display, and we're not going to do anything about it. So, yeah, these halftime shows are a little out of control, along with the, the Emmys and Grammys and a lot of this stuff. Speaking of Grammys, what was the last concert you've been to? Oof, it's been years. I think the last concert I went to was Theory of a Dead Man, I think. What was the last movie you saw in a theater? It was probably, I think it was the new Doctor Strange. I, I went on a Marvel kick. If you could go back in time to one historical event, what would it be? The baseball fan in me wants to know if Babe Ruth called a shot. But if I'm going back to any historical event, 
I would want to see Jesus feed the 5,000. What country in the world would you like to spend a month? I'm planning on going to Israel in November, so I'm really excited about that. Any country, I really want to go to Egypt. I would probably say Italy, though. Nice. A lot of good church history there. Yeah, like every 10 feet there's a church. Would you ever let Elon fly you to Mars? Yes. Really? Yeah. No chance. I'm too chicken. What's the best ballpark to play in? My favorite is, I think it's like Globe Life or something, the new Texas Rangers park. It's only like three years old. What's the worst park to play in? Easily the Oakland Athletics place. Not even close. It won't even be there for too much longer, probably. Uh, Yeah. Would you move the Trop to Tampa or keep it in St. Pete? I would probably move it to Tampa just because I do think that that would bring more fans to the stadium. But I do, I really like St. Pete. So I'm okay with either, but I do think the right business move would be Tampa. You ever apologize after hitting a batter? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't used to. It depends. If I like if I like plunk him really bad, I'll apologize. I hit a guy the other day where I just nicked his jersey, and I'm just like, get out of the way, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to hit you. Like I'm trying to strike you out. Does kale belong on a plate or in the ocean? On a plate. Nah, nah. You're wrong on that one. It truly belongs in the ocean. I thought it was like kelp that was in the ocean. What's the difference? (laughs) You know? Last question for you. Am I your BFF? Of course. All right. There you go. Hey, our guest today has been Ryan Thompson from the Tampa Bay Rays. Ryan, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much, Deacon Mike. This is awesome. And have a great season. We look forward to seeing you in the World Series later this year. Thank you, man. Come catch a game. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.